holding out. So that was good. We were watching in the afternoon. As it started to rain at my uh, two sons' birthday parties, going, is it, is it going ahead? Is it going ahead? And um, yeah, it went ahead. So yeah, well done. Well done, Pastor Gary and, and all the team you worked with. So that was excellent. It is that time of year, Christmas, where I can get a little bit stressful. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a happy time. But for some reason, people do get a little bit stressed at this time of year. And uh, I had a look to see, you know, what's some tips that people talk about when, you know, when we get to this uh, stressful time of year. Uh, some of the things I talked about is, well, you need to be careful with your money. You know, don't be overspending with things. So, you know, watch what you spend, commit to what you spend, set a budget, all that kind of stuff. And they, they talked about dealing with family tension. It's kind of a sad, sad thing. I mean, this Christmas, apart from remembering Christ... Well, and Christ came for us as a family, and so family's important. And it's quite sad that this is something that they actually identify, that family's a, a tension at this time. Um, and and it, it's important that it can be stressful for people because uh, relationships have broken down. And this reminds people of that. And so they said, yes, so listen, um, be aware of that. But also one of the things that I talk about too is put kids first. We can be focused on all these other things going on, but uh, put, put your family first. Uh, managing loneliness. You know, we're so used to all the activities going on. We see everyone else with their little community groups or whatever, and it was great to hear about that, that dinner too. If people are lonely, they can go somewhere to be together because yeah. uh, people can feel lonely this time. Yeah. So what, what a great opportunity for us to reach out to those around us yeah. at that time. And lastly, I, I particularly like this one, and uh, you know, stay healthy. Stay healthy, and, and you, can, you can do that by you know, being a little bit active in your exercise. Yep. So there's a little nudge, <laughs> little nudge there. But um, in the midst of all that, that good uh, advice there, I, th- I think there's something important that we can do, particularly as Christians, which I'm going to focus on this morning, and uh, it's the power of praise. Yeah, when we face these stressful moments, praise yeah. has a massive impact, influence yeah. in our situation. I'm going to read from Psalm 8, and then uh, we'll get into uh, the message. Psalm verse 8. For the director of music, according to Gittith, a psalm of David. Yahweh our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You'll set your glory above the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what are mere mortals that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have created them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet. All the flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Lord, we just acknowledge you as our God, as our King, as our Creator, and you are great. You are indeed great this morning. And as we gather around your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Psalm 8, here we have a story. It relates to uh, kids 
through the praise of children and infants. You know, kids are amazing. I love hanging out with kids. It makes me feel young. I recall this story of a young guy. He went to Sunday school and he's coming home and mum said, hey, so what did you learn today? He goes, oh, I learned about this guy Moses and how he, um, he trained up his uh, special secret service men who uh, then he sent them you know, over to, uh, to Egypt um, and out of Egypt to deliver you know, these, um, these people. And in the process, the, the secret service you know, defeated the Egyptians. They set up these platoons across the Red Sea so all of the people who were oppressed could uh, you know, cross over and then they were free on the other side. And the mum's going, man, that didn't happen. And the kid's going, well, if you, if you heard what the teacher told us, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> and those who haven't heard the story know, you know, Moses through God, you know, part of the Red Sea, which is a massive miracle. But are they, kids are, yeah, are real, are honest. But uh, this psalm identifies them as a particular part in, uh, in God's plan. Verse 1, Yahweh, our Lord. Any Michael W. Smith fans there? O Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. That's a great song. I, I, did, I did suggest maybe we could have sung it this morning, but it is a bit old. That's right, old is good. This, this psalm is known to have two, uh, two themes connected to it. The glory of God. Lord, how majestic are you? You are our creator. You created all things. And then the dignity of man. Who, who are we? Mere mortals that, that you think of us. You who created everything, yet you consider us. You placed us just a little lower than yourself, ruling over, representing you. So it's the glory of God and the dignity of mankind, of humanity. The, uh, some of the translations, if you're following along, you may have picked up. I used the word Yahweh at the beginning there. Lord, our Lord, it is Yahweh, our Lord. And then in verse 5, in most translations, you may have read this too if you saw there, it said, you have made them a little lower than the heavenly beings. And I read, you have made them a little lower than God. The word used there is Elohim. And so which can be translated as God. It's the same word used in Genesis 1, 26. Let God, and God said, let us make mankind in our image. And so my footnote, my Bible footnote, actually has the footnote saying it could be translated as God. The reason why it goes with heavenly, heavenly beings is because when the uh, scriptures were translated into the Greek, most of those Hebrew interpreters then translated it into the word angels. So it could be a reference to being created a little lower than God. I personally like it and think it fits within the context of the verse because we're talking about how great God is how good he is, then who are we mere mortals? Yet he created us just a little bit lower to represent him to rule over creation, to rule over all things. That's our special place here on earth, to represent him. That is who we are. That is our identity. We are the image of God. We get to represent him, his greatness, his glory, our dignity as mankind. That is the greatness of this. But I want to come back to verse 2. It's become one of my favorite passages, verses. 
Verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Now, this verse may not be something that kind of sticks out to you. And actually, in the midst of this, you know, kind of how can this fit within this, uh, this psalm? It could, could just seem a little bit out of place, which is actually interesting. A lot of com- commentators actually do comment on that, going, how does this fit within this, this psalm? But this is, this is the verse that Jesus quoted. If you recall the time Jesus entered in Jerusalem, he comes in Jerusalem, and as he's entering in, children were on the side going, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, Hosanna to the Son of David. The children were crying out. The children were singing out praises to God. And the Pharisees, they're going, shush, 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 hey, be quiet, be quiet. And Jesus said, have you not read? Have you not heard it said from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? Here he's declaring Psalm 8 to the Pharisees in regards to children. Hey, don't stop these children. They are declaring the praises of God. So what, what, what does it mean by children? How, how does this connect from their mouths, you know, just infants, sucklings is another word. It can be translated here. You know, they don't even understand this stuff. They don't understand who Jesus is, that he is God and man in one. I mean, it's hard for us to even process some of that. How can they declare this praise? Well, this is the beauty of what the psalm is saying here. I like what one, uh, one writer says. He says that the cries of children... From the delivery room to the schoolyard are profound signs of life and the power of life that testify to God's creative power against all who would deny it. You know, I, I still remember when my kids are born. You know, when and they take that first breath and, breath and then they begin to cry. And you just go, wow, there's life. There's life. Now, yes, there's life in the womb, but this is it now out. I can touch, I can hold my, my child. And... And, um, and, you know, big, big bloke, you know, ringing up my dad, you know, first, I think my first son ringing up and they go, and then I'm just tears in my eyes going, it's a son, <laughs> I've got a son. Um, just the life, the life, glory to God. God brings forth life. He is our creator, allowing us to be part of that. So while I believe it can talk to children in particularly, I, I, I think it can be broader too in that we are all children of God but also to those of the young in the faith. I think you refer to that. Those who don't yet understand all the complexities, and perhaps we do complex things too much, but it's simple. Through our mouths, as we praise, God does what he does. I recall a story one time in, um, a few years ago. We were, I was part of an evangelistic team, and we used to take a caravan out the street, and uh, one particular night, this guy just happened to walk in, just random guy walked in. We shared the gospel with him. He said, yeah, he, God spoke to him. He wanted to be saved, made a commitment to follow God. And um, the next week or two, I took him to a Youth Alive rally, uh, which was great. And so we're there at a Youth Alive rally. We're standing in the crowd. We're singing songs. Everything's going great. And uh, he's enjoying He's getting along. And the first thing he was, he's going, oh, the girls on stage are hot. I'm going, oh. <laughs> Okay, all right. let's just enjoy this. 
And then, uh, then the commentator MC gets up and he's going on. He goes, all right, hey, listen, God is good. God is great. The devil's a loser. Listen, let's all curse the devil. And so everyone's going, yeah, devil, you suck. And then he's there next to me. He's going, beep and beep, you devil. Beep and beep, 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 devil. Beep, devil, beep, beep. I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> Through the praise of children and infants. It went straight back at him, <laughs> straight back at the devil. He didn't understand the full responsibility of, uh, let's just you know, be careful with what we say and all that. He just heard, curse the devil. <laughs> and how did, what did he understand with curse the devil? That's what he understood. When you curse, that's what you do when you curse. That was an experience. As faithful believers, we have the responsibility to train up our children, those who are young in the faith, to teach them what praise is, to teach them how to praise. We can do it by actually, you know, talking about it, but we can also model it, which is pretty significant. So in this passage, you know, there's, it's talking a bit about children, and I'll, I may mention children, but I'll, I want you to know that as I mention children, I'm referring to us also as children of God. And also as new believers in their faith. And this is what I think is relevant, relevant to this passage here. In Psalm 8 verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against our enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. First thing I want to draw out of this verse here. Number one is we have an enemy. We have an enemy. Praise stands against our enemies. It silenced the foe and the avenger. And I'm not talking about Captain America because he's good. Paul writes, he understood this. Paul writes in Ephesians, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As he's writing this, I can't help connect this back to the beginning of Ephesians in chapter 1, verse 21, where he says, Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. See, that sentence there is four words which were very important to the Ephesians people. They understood those four words. In our Ephesus, some of you may be familiar with this, was the temple dedicated to Diana or Artemis the Greek goddess. Now, she was known as the mother of gods. And the statue of her had on the bottom of her statue, dress, I think, at the bottom, I'm not sure exactly the outfit was, um, but it had four words. Because she was the mother, she was then kind of the boss, and those four words were rule, authority, power, Dominion. So when Paul was saying this in relation to Christ, he's saying Christ is not just in charge, he's actually making a direct quote. You think Diana's the mother of all gods? Jesus is far above. He's far above. David understood this when he came against Goliath. 
Everyone else saw a physical giant. But when David walked into the field, he cried out, You come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He understood the spiritual significance of this battle. He was not fighting against Goliath, the physical giant. He was fighting with God against the God whom Goliath served. As I mentioned earlier, Jesus quotes this passage to the Pharisees. You've got to love this, right? You, you, I don't know if you've realized the significance of this. So the, the full passage in Psalm 8. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and avengers. So when these children were singing praises to Jesus, Hosanna to the Son of David, Hosanna to the Son of David. And the Pharisees who would say, they go, you know what? We are God's children. We are the blessed ones. You know, we're the one God cares for. We are here looking after God. They're declaring blasphemy. Going, quiet, quiet, stop saying those things. And Jesus quotes this passage back to them. Have you not read through the mouths of babes, through the praise of children and infants? I will establish praise, a stronghold. In Jesus saying this to the Pharisees, I love it. He's actually saying to them, guess what? You're now the enemy. He's just put them into that category If you're stopping them, guess what? You're the enemy. And now as Jesus responds, he's just silenced them. He's just silenced the foe and the avenger. I love that. I love some of the things Jesus does. It was pretty radical. It's pretty radical. So who is our enemy? In Genesis 1, he was the serpent in the garden. In Philistine, he was a god shaped like a fisherman. In the Gospels, he entered Judas as a disciple. In Peter, he's described as a roaring lion. In Revelation, he is a dragon and a beast. You know what this tells me about our enemy? He's a shapeshifter. Yeah, I do love sci-fi. <laughs> He can change shapes. He can appear to whatever he needs to. What does the enemy look like today? Perhaps the enemy could manifest itself as an abusive partner or parent. A bully at school or work. Sexual abuse. Verbal abuse. Drug dealer. Enemy can reveal himself in all these situations. An attitude starting to stir stress in someone's circumstances at this time. He's a shapeshifter. Wanting to infiltrate where we are. I started with the, uh, the bad point. Because I want to get better. But I want to make it real. Listen, we have an enemy. And we shouldn't underestimate the power of the dark side. (laughs) But 
there's a but. To the praise of children and infants, God has established a stronghold against the enemy to silence the foe and the avenger. This battle is not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual battle. But there is a win. There is a victory. And that victory comes through God. God, and point number two, he will establish a stronghold. Yes, there is an enemy. But God will establish a stronghold. Through the praise of children. Through our praise, God will establish a stronghold. God will silence the enemy. A stronghold, a fortress. God protects his kids. He looks after them. In fact, he's, he's pretty, pretty much you know, a protective father. Jesus does say this in Mark. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It is better for them to be thrown into the sea with a large milestone tied around their neck. He's a protective father. He's out there to look after his children. A stronghold is a place of protection, a place of safety. You know, people usually envision a big high castle with massive walls, yeah, perhaps if you've seen Lord of the Rings, you might be familiar with our Helm's, uh, Helm's Deep. This massive big wall. And the people knew as long as the wall stands, we're safe. As long as that wall is there, we're safe. That's a stronghold. When that wall is there, we're safe. Brings the images back to, you know, when Nehemiah goes back to, the, to Jerusalem. One of the things, too, what are you going to do to Jerusalem? Well, you build up the wall. Because that was an image of protection. We've got to show that God is protecting his people. Let's rebuild the wall. This is a stronghold. God will establish the stronghold. And that's an important aspect of it. It's God. It's God who establishes this. It's, it's not us. God will establish the stronghold. He's the one looking after us. Now, while all these things are important, you know, when we're working with kids and doing things like that, we need to be doing our screen checks. We need to be doing check-ins and all that kind of stuff. They're important. And we need to have diligence and all the things that we want to do and protection, having a good job, all that kind of stuff. But God is the one who protects. God is the one who looks after us. God is the one protecting us each and every day, walking alongside of us. He is the one who is the saviour in this moment. He establishes. He is our strength. When you feel down, when you're feeling a bit stressed, God comforts. God comes alongside. God lifts up. As much as I love my family, and I need my family from growing up, to now being husband and father, I need them. They are not my saviour. God is. God is. As much as it's great to have a secure job, that job is not my security. God is. This fortress is not just a physical fortress. It's spiritual. 
mental, social. It's a place of safety. It's a place of rest. When there is a stronghold, we can rest. As long as that wall stands, we can continue to party. We can relax. That's what a stronghold represents. When God establishes a stronghold, we are in a place of rest, a place of safety. It's not a good job, not a great mentor. While these things are good, it's not time of solitude that will bring you peace. Again, it's good, but it's God that brings peace. It's God that brings the stronghold. It's God that establishes the fortress. God does these things. Not only does God do it, God is our stronghold. He is our place of refuge. He is our strength. God often protected David physically, but when David and the Old Testament writers call God their fortress, their primary picture of God is the unshakable strength of their souls. The source of hope and salvation that no enemy, physical or spiritual, can ever threaten. David calls God the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation. He alone, in Psalm 62, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. God is Our fortress. You may be feeling a bit shaken, a bit rattled by the enemy today. We've already had some time of prayer regarding that and a great testimony of of God stepping in, establishing a stronghold to silence the foe and the enemy. One testimony today of perhaps many more testimonies here this morning. If you're feeling something, allow God. Allow God to step into your situation to establish a stronghold against your enemy. Through the praise of children and infants, you, God, have established a stronghold against the enemy to silence the foe and the avenger. We do have an enemy. He's very real. We must not neglect that which is one of the biggest issues we have today. People are riding off the fact that we don't have an enemy. But it's not bad news, because the good news is we have a God. A God who will establish a stronghold. And how does he establish a stronghold? Well, I like the beginning part of that verse there. Through the praise. Through the praise of children and infants. You know, praise means to, uh, in our English, talks about to uh, set a price on, to appraise. Uh, from this came the idea to uh, comment on worth, to give worth to something. And uh, it's, it's a response of worthiness. So praise and worship, but praise is worship. It's to give worth to something. We are, we are giving worth to God when we praise. Paul understood the power of praise. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas got thrown into jail. And they're in jail. They're in this place 
which perhaps could have been the darkest of the darkest, grottiest of the grottiest. Here they are, sitting down in mud, which probably wasn't made of water and dirt. It was grotty. And in the midst of this, what do they do? Oh, why are we here? We've been proclaiming the gospel and look at us now. No. Now, I think Paul might have been, you know, sitting down kind of going, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. That was one thing Paul used to talk about. He was the worst of sinners. Like me. There's a little rumble. I once was lost. Bit more of a rumble. But now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Big earthquake. Massive earthquake. The chains come off. Silas. He's a bit of a younger guy. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has rescued me. It's just gone off. Gone ballistic. The chains are gone. The doors are open. The guy down the bottom cell down here, he's a bit more of a hip-hop. He took the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise him. That's all I can do. And that wasn't an audition. Praise brings forth God's power. It establishes something that God can do. Praise brings power into our situation. It allows God to move. It allows him to establish a stronghold, to silence the foe and the avenger. So what can we praise God for? Well, as we read through the psalm there, we can praise him for who he is. He's the creator. We can praise him because he's majestic. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We can praise him because of what he's done throughout history. As we read the stories in here, God, how you delivered Israel over and over and over and over and over. Yes, and it kept on going over and over and over again. Because they kept on mucking up. Yet God was still faithful. He kept on delivering. He's that powerful and compassionate. We can praise God for that. We can praise God for just recent events throughout history, things that have happened. Thank God that we live in this nation, Australia. We can thank God for life. We can thank God for what he's done in us personally. Testimonies we've heard this morning. We can praise God for that. There are many things we can praise God for, for who he is, what he's done. So how do we praise? Well, the verse talks about through the mouths of children and infants. Praise is vocal. Praise requires something to come out of our mouth. The children, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Praise requires us to speak. Declare. Connected to this idea of praise, there's several words, but uh, 
one uh, in particular is uh, Hallel, which has actually got its uh, meaning in the idea of making a noise. And that, that word Hallel is connected to the, the big word which we're familiar with is Hallelujah. So Hallel, make a noise, the Lord, Yahweh. Make a noise to Yahweh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord as we interpret it. Praise the Lord. Make a noise to God, our Creator, the God I am, Yahweh. Hallelujah. We can make a noise as we praise. Others get into the idea of using music, using song to praise. Dance, which I won't demonstrate. (laughs) But we can praise God with noise. We can praise God with actions. We can praise God with music. We can praise God in all that we do. This passage tells us that out of the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise through the praise of children and infants. What are you declaring this morning? Are you declaring as verse 1 starts and as the psalm finishes, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Are you speaking that into your situation? Whether you're at work, as we gather together as a fellowship of the body of Christ, at school, driving on the road. You know, I think a few of us, and I'm included, not that I've probably used curse words, but there's been some other context coming out of my mouth on the road at times. Perhaps I need to try and practice a bit more praise. God loves you, driver. <laughs> you have wonderful driving skills there. You didn't hit me. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for protecting me. Playing sport. Are you full of praise? Yeah, back uh, a few years ago, we played indoor soccer. And um, we actually got through to the, uh, to the grand final in our, in our team, so which is pretty cool. We, we lost the grand final. Um, but the guy who, who won, as he's speaking, he said this. He goes, out of all the teams he's played, he said, this team I've played against you guys, I, I, I sense an immense amount of love. You know, this is blokes playing. And uh, that's what he said to us, an immense amount of love. And uh, the only thing, as, as I'm thinking now, related to this passage, and I was going, perhaps through our life, there was an element of praise coming out. Now, I'll be honest, there was moments where I did think that our praise had lapsed. <laughs> it was sport and competition. But I think in general, he saw something different. He saw something different. So when you're playing sport, does praise ooze out of who you are? Does praise flow? To the praise of children and infants, God has established a stronghold against the enemy to silence the foe and the avenger. Could the musicians please come up? You have been created in the image of God. We are created and just set just a little bit lower than God. We represent him on this creation to rule over Not in some way where we can abuse what is here, but in a loving, caring, 
way that involves wisdom. We look after because we are representing God in creation. That there is an enemy. And he is out to destroy everything that God has tried to establish. But the good news is, is that our God is stronger. Our God is greater. And when we praise, he will establish a stronghold against the enemy. He will silence the foe and the avenger. Before the musicians play this morning, we're going to praise. And we're going to praise without music first. We need to make a noise. And whether you, whether you stand or whether you sit, oh, that's, that's up to you. But I want us to declare some praise this morning. And it might be, might be that maybe you haven't been as vocal in this area before. I want to encourage this morning. Be vocal this morning. Because there might be a situation that... Oh, listen, I don't know your situations. There might be a situation you need God to work. And the Psalms tells us that when we praise, when we praise... God will establish a stronghold. What can, what can I say? What, what, listen, start with hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you, let's stand up right now. Let's stand up as a church and let's begin to declare praises. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. God, you're awesome. Declare praises in your situation. God will establish a stronghold in your situation this morning. Whatever you're facing, God will silence the avenger. We praise you, Lord. Our Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You are great. You are good. We praise your name. We worship you. We adore you. We adore you. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, God. Great are you, God. Great are you, God. God, you're good. God, you're good. We worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. God, you're awesome. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus.